Hey guys, happy Thanksgiving week. Hope you guys are having a great time getting ready for celebrating the holidays with your friends and family. We are cruising through the book of Ecclesiastes, and this week we're going to be talking about Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verses 1 through 12. And it says, Indeed, I took all of this to heart and explained it all. The righteous, the wise, and their works are in God's hands. People don't know whether to expect love or hate. Everything lies ahead of them. Everything is the same for everyone. There is one fate for the righteous and the wicked, for the good and the bad, for the clean and the unclean, for the one who sacrifices and the one who does not sacrifice. As it is for the good, so it is also for the sinner. As it is for the one who takes an oath, so also for the one who fears an oath. This is an evil in all that is done under the sun. There is one fate for everyone. In addition, the hearts of people are full of evil, and madness is in their hearts while they live. After that, they go to the dead. But there is hope for whoever is joined with all the living, since a live dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead don't know anything. There is no longer a reward for them, because the memory of them is forgotten. Their love, their hate, and their envy have already disappeared, and there is no longer a portion for them in all that is done under the sun. Go, eat your bread with pleasure, and drink your wine with a cheerful heart, for God has already accepted your works. Let your clothes be white all of the time, and never let oil be lacking on your head. Enjoy life with the wife you love all the days of your fleeting life, which has been given to you under the sun all your fleeting days. For that is your portion in life and in your struggle under the sun. Whatever your hands find to do, do with all your strength, because there is no work, planning, knowledge, or wisdom in Sheol where you are going. Again, I saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, or the battle to the strong, or bread to the wise, or riches to the discerning, or favor to the skillful. Rather, time and chance happen to all of them. For certainly no one knows his time like fish caught in a cruel net or like birds caught in a trap. So people are trapped in an evil time as it suddenly falls on them. So in verse 2, um, it says, All share a common destiny, the righteous and the wicked, the good and the bad, the clean and the unclean, those who offer sacrifices and those who do not. Uh, every time I see the words good and bad, I, I immediately go to the good, the bad, and the ugly. Like, I mean, it's a great trilogy. If you haven't seen the Clint Eastwood movie, you should do that. But I I don't know if it's in that movie or some other Lee Van Cleef movie where it said, six feet of dirt makes all men equal. Like, the same fate awaits us all. And I think a lot of times, uh, in my life at least, I think, well, I'm following Christ, so I should I should get a, a break, a, a tax break, a, a financial break, a a break of hardship. I, I should get some kind of benefit. And wouldn't it be great if there were benefits and people would look and say, oh, look, that person follows Christ. They have all the benefits in the world. It doesn't work that way. Uh, in, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about that uh, the rain falls on the good and the bad. And it he gives a parable in chapter 7 where he talks about uh, the wise man builds his house upon the rock which is the words of, of God, and the foolish man builds his house on the sand. When the storms come, the house on the rock stands. Well, the thing is, right, like, why, why couldn't it have been, and the one that built his house on the rock never had the storms come? 
a lot of times we have this idea that just because we're following Christ, the storms won't come. Nope. Storms are going to come all, they're going to come to everybody. And what we do with that, how we live our lives, what it's based on, is going to be the answer there. Yeah, life and the uncertainty of life affects all of us the same. In verse 11 and 12, he says, Again, I saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, or the battle to the strong, or the bread to the wise, or riches to the discerning, or favor to the skillful. Rather, time and chance happen to all of them. For certainly no one knows his time, like fish caught in a cruel net or like birds caught in a trap. So people are trapped in an evil time as it suddenly falls on them. He's saying it's not about how much skill that we have or how much advantages that we have or how smart we are. That under the sun, time and chance happen to all of us. And a lot of times that's not an easy thing to sit with. Like Gordon was saying, we don't want it to be this way. It's not fun to have the storms come and the rain fall and to not be in control. And there's a lot of different thinking in the church. And one, one way of thinking talks about if, if you're following God like he wants, that it will be seen in the things that he blesses you with. That if I'm doing God's will, if I'm following after him, my life and the good things that happen and the possessions that I might have, those are going to reflect that. And as much as we might want it to be that way so that we avoid the storms of life. Solomon says that's not how it is. I saw a quote this last week from a pastor at a church, and it said, there's a point in your prayer life when you stop asking and you start decreeing. And think about that for a second. He was saying that at some point, instead of asking God for things, you can just tell him what you want. Tell him what you want him to do. And while it does say in the Bible to ask God for anything, there's a fine line between asking God for something, acknowledging that he is in control and he is sovereign over all, and wrongfully thinking that I'm in control and that I can demand that he do whatever I want. In this middle section here, kind of looks like Captain Obvious is giving us a lesson, right? Anyone who is among the living has hope. Even a live dog is better than a dead lion. Well, no kidding. Like, have you seen Buttercup? Buttercup is way cuter than a dead lion. But that's not what he's really talking about. Dogs weren't as domesticated as they are now. They weren't as cute and lovable as they are now. They were mangy, fleas. They probably carried rabies with them. Like, they were nasty. But even a nasty dog is better than a dead lion. Uh, the living know that they'll die. The dead know nothing. Yeah, that seems obvious. Probably doesn't need to be said, but I think a lot of times that we envy the dead. Oh, the things that they know. Well, they don't know Jack. They know what worms like to eat them. They know what eternity looks like with or without God, but they don't know anything about your lives that can help you. And I, th I think that a lot of times when we see parables like this, it's easy to dismiss them and say, yeah, that's just so obvious that it's like that. But think through those things. Make sure we're not being envious of things. Even the idea of what we're talking about the, the race going to the swift, I mean, it, it makes you think of the Aesop's fables, right? Like the rabbit had such arrogance thinking, oh, he can dance around the tortoise, it'll be fine. Slow and steady wins the prize. And so there wasn't any great thing about it. They have no further reward 
even their name is forgotten. And you might say, well, I remember famous people. I know George Washington. I know Abraham Lincoln. I know Napoleon. I know, you know, we can probably list a lot of famous people we know. But, but their name isn't for, it's, it's forgotten. It's not something that you evoke every day of your life. It's not something that you go on. And the, and the reason that we have faith is our hope is in Christ is because he's not dead. He's living. So there's a huge difference between those two, just in case someone would throw out the name Jesus Christ to someone that's dead. So don't want to play that game. Their love, their hate, and their jealousy have long since vanished. Never again will they have a part in anything that happens under the sun. I just really, again, love how that under the sun comes back into play. When we think about things under the sun, we recognize that things are harsh. It's only God's perspective above the sun that can help us. And then in verse 7, he says, Go, eat your bread with pleasure, and drink your wine with a cheerful heart, for God has already accepted your works. Let your clothes be white all the time, and never let oil be lacking in your head. Enjoy life with the wife you love all the days of your fleeting life, which has been given to you under the sun. Right? Even though all of this first part of this chapter, the reality of how short life is and really how uncertain it is at times, Solomon reminds us that even though the storms come and life is hard at times, there's also a lot of blessings that we can enjoy here and now that God has given us. Sometimes we can read these verses and think, you know what? Solomon's right. Life is short. I'm just going to live it up. I'm going to eat, drink, and enjoy all of the things that life has to offer because, like Solomon says, the days are short. And we get off track because... We start pursuing those things first instead of God. Tim Keller has a great quote, and it says, Sin is not just the doing of bad things, but the making of good things into ultimate things. When we think about our lives, especially during the holidays, have we gotten off track pursuing good things and making them ultimate things? And if we have, what can we do to change that? One of the best ways to do this is through gratitude. It's recognizing that all these good things that we have in our lives are gifts from God. Like it says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in everything. We need to take time out on a regular basis to remember that we are under the sun, and that's the perspective that we look at life with. But God is not under the sun, and he's looking at things through a whole different perspective from heaven. He knows more than we could ever know. And when we build our lives on that foundation, on Him, it doesn't matter what life brings. We can have confidence that in the end, all things will be made right. So again, we just want to say we're so thankful and grateful for all of you, all of your support and your friendship. We hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving with your family and friends, and we'll see you on Sunday. 